Hey friends, welcome to Living in His Purpose podcast, where we recognize that in God's purpose, He has the perfect spot for you. If you're a Christian woman and you're feeling overwhelmed and anxious by this rat race way of life and you're ready to find simplicity God's way, you're in the right spot. By replacing negative mindsets and habits with God's word, we're going to give Holy Spirit permission to come in and help us walk bravely in this upside down world. These are not easy things to face, sweet friend. You're going to have to put on your big girl pants. So pull them up, grab a drink, and let's get going. If you've clicked on this episode, you're either a faithful listener, and I so appreciate that, or you've got some curiosity and questions about anxiety. What I'm going to share today is nothing new, but I hope to be an encouraging voice out there among your research. I bet you're out there looking for an answer how to overcome this anxiety because you've just had enough of it, and I honestly, friend, do not blame you. I've been there, and I can tell you I have found very, very helpful ways to overcome the anxiety that I felt for most of my life. So welcome, and I pray that what you hear today encourages you to go forward in your journey. I don't believe in coincidences. I believed you clicked on this podcast for a reason, so I encourage you to listen and let God speak to you. I don't know what he's going to say, but he's got something for you, friend. Anxiety is a very personal issue. It's cousins or panic, worry, fear, and dread. It's complicated. It includes your spiritual, mental, physical, emotional, genetic, and circumstantial factors. And it can pull us into some really deep, dark places. Today, I'm just going to skim some surfaces. I want you to have another voice in your head so that as you're working through and processing, you know that there are other voices, other ideas out there other than the anxious ones that you're having in your mind. And because God is so faithful, and I've asked him to show me what to tell you today, this is what I read in my Bible study today. In Christ, even what seems like a defeat is actually a victory. We may not understand what he's doing, but we can be assured that he's fighting for us. He has promised to work for all of our good, and we can rest in confidence that his way is perfect. There is nothing we can trust more than him. So we're going to trust that he knows what is best and that he can see what we cannot see. And we'll be even like Job who says, though he slay me, I will hope in him. We will remember the words of Jesus who told us that in this world we would face tribulation, but we can take heart because he has overcome the world. We don't follow God so that everything in life will be easy. We follow him because God is enough no matter what happens. And even my trials are part of his faithful plan for me. So this faith, it doesn't come overnight. It's a work that might take you your whole life. It might take you your whole life to overcome your anxiety. But that would be God's will for you, that you would learn things as you work through that process. It's a process of faith. You have to believe that there is a purpose for what you're going through. You have to believe there's a higher power, which of course is God, that is dictating and showing you where to go and how to go through things. And that's what I love about the Bible. He doesn't just point out our problems. He doesn't just leave us there with no reason and us just saying, oh, woe is me. But he has plans. In the word, he gives us help for all of our plans. One of my struggles with podcasting is that I want to tell you everything. I want to tell you everything I know about anxiety, how to fight it, what it is, what it does to us, how it's bad, but I don't have that much time and you don't either. And I also realize that our attention spans are very short because life moves fast, very fast, which is kind of an irritant for me, but I have accepted that to be truth. 
So I guess I'll just have to give you little bite-sized pieces. And maybe that's the best way anyway. Maybe that's how we digest things. We hear things once, then twice, and then seven times. And then maybe we start believing it. So what I'm about to talk about and all that I want to say today about anxiety, you need to realize there's so much more. There are so many resources out there. What I'm wanting to do is encourage you to take this emotion captive and to know that anxiety can be overcome. Now, I know some of you are saying, but you don't know my anxiety. You don't know how long I've had to deal with it. And you're right. I don't know. But I do know the power of our God. And to think that the God who created the universe by speaking, he didn't even lift a finger. He spoke. He spoke it into existence, the whole universe. Which reminds me of one of my favorite verses. When he talks about making the heavens and the earth in a very brief sentence. And then he adds at the end, and he also made the stars. Do you realize the gravity of that one little sentence? He also made the stars. We don't even know how many stars there are. But later on the Bible, he, it tells us that he knows all the names of the stars. So don't you think that a being who can, in five little words, he also made the stars, handle your biggest problem? I was listening to a podcast the other day, and he was interviewing an author. And they were having this discussion about how we can see ourselves in God's story or how we can't really. So we can't see the whole thing. It's like if you open up a book, we are a syllable in a word on a page in the book. And if we sat up off that page and we looked around and all we can see are ourselves and our little syllable, we have no idea what is being said in the book. We only know our one little syllable, and maybe it's not a good sounding one, but God knows. He wrote the book. He has the big picture. He wrote our stories, and in Romans 8:31 through 39, we are reminded that God is for us, and there's nothing that separates us from his love. It's hard to let go of that control, to not know the story, to not know why in the world we're going through the things that we're going through. But that's where we have to realize that there is a bigger power. There is God, Jehovah, who is much bigger. And if you can imagine yourself as a syllable on the page in the whole book, you can then understand we will never understand the whole story until he chooses to reveal it to us, which I personally feel like will happen in heaven when we get to heaven. We'll know why we went through all of this stuff. Why everything was hard when we thought it should be easy. Why would we would need to suffer? We're going to know. And if we don't, that'll be his plan and that will be okay too. So getting back to anxiety. When we let go of anxiety, it means that we're going to have to trust less in ourself and more in God. And this is mind work. This is a lot of mind work. You have to let go of that control and trust God. This is the work of our faith. Will it be easy? Of course not. Nothing in our minds is easy, but we're going to talk about how to do this. I'm going to say some things, but you have to have an open mind and you have to go into this saying, I'm going to think about this. One of the great losses in our society is our ability to critically think. And as a nurse, I see this every day with the generation coming up, not having that ability to critically think. And it's a shame because that's how we conquer our thoughts, critically thinking, focused thinking, along with the power of the Holy Spirit. I've heard it said that our attention span is less than a goldfish. I mean, it's scientifically proven as far as I know, but how ridiculous is that to think that a goldfish who's swimming around in a tank all day has more of an attention span than you and I do? How awful. Let's not be a statistic. Let's do the hard thing. 
face the issues that we have that are keeping us from living our best life. And let me encourage you to make your mental health a priority. Make your spiritual health a priority. As I'm recording this, tomorrow starts Lent. And maybe for Lent, you could focus on letting go of what's keeping you from getting closer to God's purpose. Did you know that anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the U.S.? They affect 40 million adults. That's about one in five people. Anxiety disorders affect 32% of children between the ages of 13 and 18. So when the enemy is trying to tell you that you're alone and no one understands, you can just see by numbers alone, it's a sheer fact he's lying. This is an effective tactic of the enemy to tell us that our anxiety is the biggest problem ever. No one else knows what's going on. You're the only one, only one suffering through this. No one else understands what you've been through. They don't know all the things that have happened. And in my personal life, one of the things that I am so grateful for are my nurse friends. And if you're a nurse, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We talk about everything. We can have a conversation over lunch about some of our deepest issues and not even really think too much about it. We share, and in that sharing, I've realized I'm not alone. The things I'm feeling and thinking, others are feeling and thinking. And there's a lot of relief in knowing that. It is really what propelled me to move forward in changing my mindset in life. But then we need to get back to God, who has the power to overcome anything. We just have to let it go. So let's look at four things that feed our anxiety and what we can do about it. Number one, the devil says our anxiety is bigger than God. So not only does the devil tell us that we're alone in this walk, he's also lying about the size of this giant. We'll call our anxiety a giant. And he's full of lies. Jesus says when he lies, he's speaking his native tongue, for he is a liar and the father of lies. And he whispers things like, you will never win. You don't stand a chance. That black hole is too powerful. You're going to get sucked down into the vortex of doom and you'll never get out. And that, my friend, is a very hopeless situation. Two, where are the eyes of your heart? I'm not saying that anxiety isn't a giant in our lives. It sure can be. But what I'm saying is this giant is not bigger than Jesus. So when we're looking at our giants, when we're looking at this anxiety we have, we have to see where the eyes of our heart are. We have a choice. We have the power to believe it or not to. No matter how helpless or broken down you feel, you can choose what you set your eyes on. You can fix your eyes on that giant and all that he entails, but you can also lift your eyes higher to the God of heaven and earth. If you're only looking at your giant, you're going to start feeling that you're tiny and powerless. But if you're staring at Jesus, your giant is going to be resized. He's going to be reduced and diminished. And remember, anxiety lives in our soul. And this is not a state that Jesus wants us to remain in. We can follow our soul and the despair that it can lead us in at times. Or we can follow our spirit, who as Christians dwells with Jesus. The third thing is looking at things from God's perspective. So when we're looking at things through God's perspective, our hearts are going to be enlightened because we're going to be seeing God's beauty and that will help us see our giant for what he really is. Remember the story back in Numbers when the 12 went to go look in the land of the Canaanites? Well, 10 of the scouts came back and said, we can't attack these people. They're stronger than we are and we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we look the same to them. Perspective matters. The issue in this story wasn't the size of the giants who lived there. The problem was with the men who didn't recognize the size of their God. 
Now, were those giants going to be a challenge? Of course they were. But with God on our side, all things are possible. Romans 8.37 says we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So what if we change our perspective here? What if we look at circumstances that we're living and see how God is using these circumstances where we are right now to make us more useful later as we read our stories, as he unfolds his story for us? And then number four, keeping God in our sights. So what kind of praise are we going to give? Are we going to give our praise to God or are we going to give our praise to anxiety? The enemy wants us to tell everyone how powerful our anxiety is. There's an old fable or a parable that I've heard many different places and pardon me if I butcher it, but I think you'll get the idea. A wise man was asked of the two wolves fighting, which one would win? And he said, the one you feed. What an incredible statement. How applicable this could be to everything in our lives, but especially to anxiety. Everyone who suffers from anxiety has a different journey that they're on. They got there through different routes of anxiety. A lot of people who battle anxiety have high control issues. Those who like to be in control, those who think they're in control, or the perfectionists. They can all be controlling people. So how do we battle this? How do we let this go? And let me just tell you, this doesn't happen quickly. It's not an immediate thing. What you have to start telling your soul and your mind and your emotions and your will is God is the only one in control. When I was really struggling with my anxiety and depression, I started looking at the word of God with a curious mindset, with the thought, what if I just wholly believed in what, uh, what I read? And I'm not sure why, but the thought of God creating the universe by a spoken word captivated my mind. It's incredible to think about the power that God has, that with a word, everything came into existence. That's pretty mind-blowing. It's very humbling in my opinion. So looking at that and comparing myself to reality, I realize I'm not in control of anything. I know that we have control over how we react to things, but there have been times in my life I didn't even have control over that. If you bring this to God's attention, put it in his lap with prayer and repentance, he will show you how to let go of that control. So we have to let go and let God in as many areas of our lives as possible. And under this umbrella of control, we're going to look at four areas that can undergird anxiety. Remember, anxiety is a symptom. It's not a cause. These roots can be deep or they can be on the surface. So the first root is people-pleasing. People-pleasing comes from a desire to manage results, to control scenarios, to protect myself, those around me, to be responsible for other people, how they're feeling, and it could be even to impress those around me. The second route is called the stress sandwich. And here's a quote from Louis Giglio's book, Putting an X Through Anxiety. And on page 65, he describes the stress sandwich. Think of it like this. You have two slices of bread. One slice represents all the regret of what didn't go right or you wish were different about yesterday. The other slice is all the worry you have about all the different scenarios that may happen tomorrow. And between those two pieces you put today, that's called a stress sandwich. And sadly, that's what most of us are eating for lunch every day. 
We're chewing on the regrets of yesterday. We're mulling over all of the what-ifs of tomorrow. And in this process, we're completely losing the value of today. Remember Matthew 6.34 says, Now therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. If that's one of your roots, would you consider spending some time and thinking about what you have right now? Focus on the experiences, the opportunities that you have in the joy of the Lord right now. The third root is fear, but I'm here to tell you that trust conquers fear. We're all hardwired for this fight or flight response, and now scientists have added fight, flight, or freeze. When you're at a place in life when you're fearing everything and everyone, and that type of living is your norm, anxiety is the natural byproduct. But for those of us that follow Jesus, we have a natural cure for fear. When we put our faith in him, we receive the Holy Spirit who works against our tendency to fear by giving us power, love, and self-control. So what do you do if you've just got this anxiety and this fear that doesn't ever leave you? You dwell on the cross. You think about what Jesus has done for you. Remember, he is always and will always be in full control. He is and always will be for us. He will always be present for us. He will always be our resurrected Savior. He's our bedrock. He's our place to surrender. He's our good shepherd. He's the one that can cut roots of anxiety. And then the last root is a common root of anxiety. We start to focus on what we don't have rather than what we have. Anxiety wants us to feel like we're lacking. And that's another lie of the enemy. Jesus invites us into a life that is full and overflowing. In John 10, 10, and 11, it says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. So this sense of lacking is a common denominator of anxiety. We don't have a secure job. We don't have a long-term relationship. We don't have a close circle of friends. We're anxious because we don't have control or have enough money. We don't have fame or a future, a bright future. We're anxious about everything that we're missing out on. And God has a verse for that. David says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. We can declare this statement boldly. We can live a lifestyle characterized by fullness, contentment, and peace. But how do we do that? First, we have to turn down the noise of anxiety. Anxiety is this buzzing in your head. It's constant. And depending on what's going around, you can include fear and comparison and pain. And it can grow louder and louder depending on how often or what kind of thoughts are coming through. So how do we turn this down? How do we turn these voices down in our head that say you're not good enough? Well, we start to focus on Jesus we listen to his voice and he says in John 10, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. When you hear Jesus, when you're led by his voice, you start to live with eternity in your mind. We start taking our eyes off this world. We start tuning our ears away from this world and we start looking up and we start listening to his voice. This doesn't mean that he's going to remove all the storms from our life. He's not going to do that. We have to go through these trials. God's word is very clear. He pr promises us that we will have tribulation. But when we go through them, we are not alone. That's why we reach higher. Hold on tightly. He will pull us through that valley. He will go with us. Listen for his voice. 
So we've talked about the noise that anxiety has. Now, how do we let go of the distractions of this world? This is something I hold on dearly to. I see the lies the enemy tells us and I see all the distractions that Christians are following. And then I see the ramifications and the multitudes of people who are suffering from anxiety and depression. And the answer is so clear. Hold on to Jesus. Abide in him. He is our shelter. He is our rock. And remember, Jesus is the great shepherd and we are sheep. I've never raised sheep. I've not been around them a lot, but I've heard some things. I've learned some things. And the one thing I know is they're not very bright. They need constant supervision, which is such a great analogy of people. I can just imagine Jesus, the great shepherd, trying to keep us all reined in. (laughs) When we're battling anxiety, we need to remember that we have this shelter, this rock, this shield. And in Psalm 23, he says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. As our good shepherd, he carries the staff to guide us. But with that rod, he can eliminate anything that tries to take us away. He is our defender. We can't look to other people to be our defender. That would be like one of the sheep saying to another, hey, there's a lion coming. Can you help me out? No, that's not how it's going to work. Our protector has to be someone who's stronger than us. And that's God. God has got this. He created the universe. He has our back. He's not going to send us into a dark valley. He's going to go through it with the rod in one hand and the staff in the other. He's going to deliver us from our enemies. He's going to preserve our lives. He's going to save us. He is a refuge and a fortress. He will spread his protection over us. Okay, everyone likes practical tips. And here are some practical tips to deal with your anxiety. Number one, get into God's word. Number two, identify those thoughts or emotions that are creating this anxiety and get to the root of it. Number three, get into the word and find the verses that tell you the truth about those thoughts and emotions that you're having. Number four, learn the power of deep breathing. When I found out that a lot of times in the Bible, when we see the word spirit, it can be translated breath. I was in awe. God is our breath. He breathed life into man, into us. That's what makes us unique from the animals. So how fitting is it that he put a little mechanism built right into us to fight anxiety, worry, and panic? It's called deep breathing. There's a lot of science out there about the power of deep breathing. A few months ago, I was listening to a podcast that talked about how we should really be breathing through our noses and the health benefits from doing that. I'll include the link below. And that leads me to my work as a NICU nurse. Did you know that babies come out only knowing how to breathe through their nose? Isn't that fascinating? Look how it's all connected. Breathe. Breathe through your nose. We come out knowing what we're supposed to do. Number five, let's keep going. Learning how to take spiritual breaths or practicing grace by acknowledging he is God and I am not. Number six, practice writing a new narrative. Start telling a different story. Flip the script. What used to rule you no longer does. Where anxiety was your God, now your focus is the great and true one God. In Romans 8.15, Paul says, You didn't receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. So embrace this new story, this new script that you have. It's a wonderful gift to be part of the family of the King of Kings that we're loved and cherished and adopted into all the strength and beauty and hope and peace that God has to offer. And if you're finding yourself telling yourself, you don't believe it, you don't believe this, this is your option, it, it just, it's just not you. Why don't you just fake it until you do believe it? Pretend you have the faith until you have the faith. 
I can tell you from my own walk through anxiety, this is how I did it. I don't have it all perfect and I'm not saying that, but I can look back and I'm not circling that dark pit anymore. I'm not sliding into it, fearing of losing everything that I am and everything that I have. And the way that I did that was I just decided to believe God, to trust God's word and whatever he said, I would believe. Did I really believe it at first? No, I did not. I mean, if I did, I wouldn't have gotten to where I was. So just have the faith, faith it until you make it. Remember, we are not the authors of our life. God is. God has a plan for us. His plan is our plan. We are given gifts and talents to live out his purpose. All he asks from us is to, in faith, raise our hands to him, listen to his voice, breathe in his breath, and remember every morning his mercies are new. And I hope that I can be a voice to you that maybe something I've said will click in your brain because this is how it works. Start listening to other people, other Christians talk about overcoming anxiety because it's possible because in God, all things are possible. But remember, there is no shame in where you are. All of us have scars. Jesus had scars. When he came back from being raised, risen from the dead, he still had his scars. They're not something to hide. They're something to point people back to the one who healed you. So what is the secret to living free from anxiety? Stay close to Jesus. Stay close when you're tired, stay close when you're energized, when you're sad, when you're joyful, when you're with friends, or when you're alone, stay close to Jesus. So I just want to end with a few words. I have included some resources, some books, YouTube videos, and other things that I think might be beneficial to you as you work out this prickly process. So please see the show notes. Second, I am not a therapist. I'm just a daughter of the highest king who has suffered many years of anxiety and depression. I believe I have been delivered from them through much prayer and allowing the Holy Spirit to work in me. Lastly, I do realize that there are many people who suffer from severe anxiety and need a little more than a few Bible verses and an encouraging word. But what I have realized in my time on this planet is that we rarely get past these types of problems immediately. It will be a process. You will search and hear many voices saying many things. And I plead with you to be cautious of whose advice you follow and always, always listen to the Lord. If your anxiety is severe, I highly suggest you seek counseling and whatever it takes to get you to a place you can process these hard emotions safely. Thank you for listening, friend, and feel free to share this episode with others if you found it helpful. I would love a review if you would have the time. It will help others find me as well. God bless you, friend, and have a lovely week as we start our journey through the Lent season and get ourselves prepared for celebrating Jesus' resurrection. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for being here with me, and I'm hoping that you received a word. Let me close with a passage of scripture. Rejoice in your confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. By doing this, sweet friend, you're going to find that you can take those thoughts captive and change that mindset and be anxious for nothing. Have a wonderful day, and I'll see you next time.